You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Could your household skincare and beauty care products be destroying your health? Yes, yes, they could. Today's guest found out the hard way after healing herself, and she made it her mission to help others heal themselves. So Stephanie Greenwood was suffering from a whole host of hormone-related conditions, including PCOS. After discovering that many environmental toxins mimic estrogen in the body, and these what they call xenoestrogens were present in all of these personal care products that she was using on a regular basis, putting onto her skin, Stephanie made some changes and she went on to create her own company, Bubble and B with safe organic products that will not disrupt any of our hormones. In fact, you guys, she shipped me some of her faves. So do you want to unbox this with me? Okay, let's see what we've got here. All right, first we've got orange vanilla organic deodorant. Orange vanilla is like my favorite flavor. I'm so excited for this one. Okay, then we've got Pit Putty, Spring Lime, ooh, and then we've got, let's see, um, Orange Vanilla Body Butter. Again, my favorite flavor. I'm going to open this one because I need to smell it. Oh, that is divine. Wow. All right, we've got Apple Spice Salt Scrub. I love a good salt scrub. This is awesome. We've got some more deodorant. This one is the Honey Almond Flavor. Then we've got a lavender and orange lotion stick. That's very small. It could fit in my purse. And some lip balms, a fruit punch, and a coconut lime. So lovely. What else? Orange vanilla again. I think I told her I love orange vanilla. Uh, Pit Buddy. So I think I asked her what was the difference between the Pit Buddy and the deodorant on the show. So we'll find out more about that. Oh, and she sent me a really sweet card. Thank you, Stephanie and Food Heals Nation. If you're like, I need to get some of these products right now before I even hear the show, because I know that they're natural and organic and made with love and care and don't contain all of those hormone-disrupting chemicals, head on over to foodhealsnation.com slash bubble. That's foodhealsnation.com slash bubble and order anything you want. I am so excited for my products. Thank you again, Stephanie. And if you or any of your loved ones have ever suffered from a hormone-related condition or PCOS, get ready to take notes because in this episode, Stephanie shares her exact healing protocol, including supplements, diet, and more. I'm so excited for this one. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. All right. She is the founder of Bubble and Bee. Please welcome Stephanie Greenwood to the show. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so happy to have you. We have so much in common. I can already tell, but I would love for you to tell Food Heals Nation a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yes. Uh, my name is Stephanie Greenwood. I started Bubble and Bee Organic in 2007 after my own struggle with hormone imbalances. I, had, I was diagnosed with adenomyosis at 25 and started learning about xenoestrogens and 
the chemicals in our everyday products that affect our hormones. As I was on the search to try to figure out my own hormone imbalances. So I started looking for products without suspect chemicals like parabens and phthalates. And back then, 2005, there weren't a lot of options. So I started making my own products for myself and it turned into a business. And now here we are 15 years later. (laughs) Well, I love stories like yours because I love working with brands and buying from companies who have a real healing journey behind them because then you know they're not going to compromise, right? Their products because they know they want to keep their products clean. So I appreciate that about you and about the bubble and bee story. So tell me a little bit about what adamiosis is. That's not one I have heard before, and I hope I even pronounced it right. Tell me about that. Yeah, adenomyosis is a lot like endometriosis. Um, With endometriosis, you have the endometrial cells that have escaped the uterus and start growing in the abdominal cavity. And it's the same concept with adenomyosis where you have endometrial cells that are just growing in the uterus, but they grow so much that they will escape the uterine wall. And you basically have an enlarged uterus from all of this endometrial growth. And so what did the doctor say to you? So they told, they didn't give me any reasons why this was happening. They just said, well, your only options are to have a hysterectomy or to have a baby. (laughs) And I was only, yeah, I was only 25 at the time. I was like, I, neither one of these are an option for me right now. And that's what's kind of led me on my search. Like, I want to find out the root cause of this. And yeah, that's what started my whole journey. I mean, it's shocking. I'm shocked, but not shocked. Like I've heard these stories from so many different people, but have a hysterectomy or have a baby. That is your choice at 25 years old. Give me a break. That is insane. Like, yeah. And to your point of not saying like, well, maybe it was caused by this. So here are some things that you can change. And that's just the way of the world today. So you're 25 years old. And how did you discover, oh my gosh, maybe my hormones are out of balance. Oh my gosh, maybe the toxic products I'm using in my household are killing me. How did you take me through that journey? Yeah, I just started doing research like, okay, what is behind this? And why am I not ovulating? And that's when I learned about estrogen dominance syndrome and having too much estrogen and your body is not producing enough progesterone to balance the estrogen. And then so I said, well, why do I have so much estrogen? And that's when I started reading and learning about all of these chemicals in personal care products and our foods and our environment that will act like estrogen in the body, lock into our estrogen receptors and stimulate our estrogen receptors in strange ways so that you have overgrowth of certain tissues and estrogen just tells cells to grow and without progesterone to slow down that growth, you just continue to have all of that growth in whatever part of the body that the estrogen is affecting. And that yet that was when I started. That was my journey of how I started reading and learning all about these things and kind of detoxing what what I was putting in my body and on my body. Yeah, it's so important to do. But what did you find Back then or even now, what are you seeing as some of the biggest offenders? Like I know there was, I had a doctor on my podcast who expressed that endocrine disruptors are in the lids of the plastic that they use in the Starbucks coffee cups. So half the time she's telling her patients who are addicted to Starbucks every day, 
stop drinking the Starbucks through the lid because that's literally an endocrine disruptor. It's messing with your hormones. And this may be part of the cause why you're not able to have a baby because she helps women get pregnant and have children and all of that. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the biggest disruptors that you found back then and today when it comes to disrupting our hormones and messing with that balance of that estrogen dominance or, or, or progesterone? Absolutely. Yes, a lot of them are in personal care products. Parabens are a big class of chemicals that you they're falling out of favor now because the word is getting out, but they were used a lot back then as preservatives and they are estrogen mimickers. And mm. a lot of phthalates that are used in fragrance, whenever you see fragrance on the label, it can contain a host of anything from a list of over 2,500 different chemicals that they're not fully disclosing. And phthalates are one of those chemicals that are kind of a plastic-like substance that mm -hmm. helps the fragrance kind of release slowly throughout the day. And so phthalates are widely used in any kind of fragranced product. And we're seeing it now that things are saying paraben-free, phthalate-free. And my question is, what did you guys replace it with? Yeah, exactly. Usually phenoxyethanol, which is another suspected endocrine disruptor. And mm -hmm. even though it's not publicized as much, it still has that suspect activity. And things like Japanese honeysuckle extract, which sounds like a lovely natural extract, that's actually a synthetic preservative that oh no yeah that acts like <laughs> you almost had me fooled i was like "Ooh, what's that <laughs> yeah definitely it's and it has very a very chemical a very similar chemical structure to parabens so it's very closely related and even grapefruit seed extract a lot of people use that thinking that it's a natural extract when it is a quaternary ammonium compound and quaternary ammonium compounds have been found to be toxic to the reproductive system. They're also used a lot in hair conditioners. It's very difficult to find conditioners without quaternary ammonium compounds. Quaternary ammonium compounds, also called quats, are very good at sticking to biological material. So they are used as either conditioning agents because they love to stick to our hair and give it that slip that we can associate with hair being conditioned. And they're also used as biocides, as antibacterial agents, because those types of quats are able to stick to cells so well that it actually bursts the cell wall. So then it kills the bacteria. And these chemicals end up in our groundwater and, and also disrupting environment uh, aquatic environments through their toxicity as they break down and, and live in our environment. And they're also, they've been found to be toxic to our mitochondria as well as to our reproductive system. Oh my gosh. So throw out all your products, Food Heals Nation. We already know this, but sometimes we need to hear it more <laughs> than once. And so Stephanie, you took your health back into your own hands and you said, all right, well, I don't, I see a gap in the market where what I need doesn't exist. And so what did you do to create your own products? Yeah. So I started researching and just trial and error making products for myself. I do have a little bit of a background in chemistry, so that came in handy. Oh, wow. And so just tr trial and error and making things, trying things and 
I started at the Salt Lake Farmer's Market in 2007. Um, just thought, oh, this will be just a little thing that I do on the weekends for extra income. And it just exploded from there. Within a year, we were in the Rocky Mountain region of Whole Foods. We had our website up. I started hiring employees because there really is a need. And especially back then when there weren't so many companies, there really was a need for pure products that didn't have these harmful chemicals. And so a lot of entrepreneurs talk to me about the sourcing. And so how are you able to source your products in a way that is keeps them organic and sustainable and all the things and keeps them phthalate free and paraben free? Because I know usually when companies grow, what happens is they have to mass produce and that's when the compromise usually happens. So how are you able to keep your products healthy for us? And thank you for doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. One thing that I've always insisted on is not taking on investors and not going big, not trying to get into Target, not trying to get into Walmart, because when you are in retailers like that, they are constantly pressuring you to lower your prices, lower your prices, and then you have to start compromising and watering down your products and using preservatives and emulsifiers that are questionable and start to you know, try to lower your costs. And so we're independently owned. It's only me that owns the company. I have no shareholders. I have nobody, no investors that I'm having to answer to. Mm -hmm. And so we are a certified organic facility. We make all of our own products. A lot of products are outsourced to labs. And many times companies don't really know what's in their products. They have to rely on what the lab is telling them. And so we do all of our own production and we have an audit trail where every ingredient that comes through our facility, we have a paper trail. When you buy a deodorant or whatever it is, we'll have a batch number on it. And that batch number can be traced back and we can look at, okay, these are the ingredients that we used. And this is where each ingredient came from. Here's who certified these ingredients as organic. Here's the certificate. Here's the proof. And you can really trace back each ingredient back to the field to prove that they were grown under certified organic conditions. That is so amazing. And I love how transparent companies are becoming these days with that traceability. So I really, really appreciate that. So I'm so excited. I'm on the website. I'm like, I want everything. But before <laughs> I get ahead of myself, Stephanie, so um, take me back through your story. So you 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 go to the doctor. The doctor's like, okay, you have to have a hysterectomy or have a baby. And you're like, I'm going to heal myself. And then you're like, oh, it's my products. How did you detox? Was it while you were creating the business? Tell me a little bit about how those things went hand in hand, your healing and building the business and what you did and where you're at now with your health. Yeah, I switched to all organic products, all organic foods. And and I was working another job at the same time and just kind of starting this product line that I didn't really expect to be very big. And then it was 2008 and I got laid off because the Great Recession hit and mm -hmm. I went, okay, this is a sign that I need to do this new business full time. And so I just kind of jumped off the cliff and went, okay, we're going to do it. And I started making products out of my kitchen, out of my basement, shipping orders out of my house until we got big enough that we moved out into our own facility. And it it did coincide with the lifestyle changes that I had made where 
I was, you know, making organic products, but also living an organic lifestyle where, you know, the majority, most of my foods were certified organic and using only my products and being very mindful of taking care of my health in that way. Um, And as time went on, you know, running a business is pretty stressful and that can have an effect on your health. Um, Mm -hmm. But in 2000, well, when I was 34, so a few years later, I had seen a lot of improvement from switching to organic foods and cleaning up my lifestyle. My hormonal acne had gone away and Mm -hmm. my periods were a lot more regular. They weren't perfect, but they were a lot more regular. And my asthma completely went away as well. But wow. at 34, I I was getting, I was having unexplained dizziness. And so I went into my doctor. They did a whole bunch of blood testing, fortunately. And that's when I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. and insulin resistance. And it was kind of disheartening because here I am living this, you know, really organic lifestyle, but still struggling with my hormones. Mm-hmm. And my doctor said to me, you know, if you want to have kids, you better do it right now because you're losing your fertility and you're losing it fast. These doctors are <laughs> wanting to have you, you have kids, man. Calm down. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I I just I didn't feel I wasn't in a relationship where I wanted to have kids. And I wasn't my life was not conducive to having children. So I kind of went, okay, well, I guess I'm not having kids at that point. And I grieved that uh. as a loss and was just like, hmm, well, okay, it is what it is. And it's so heartbreaking to force you to do that when that could totally not be the case. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh. And so a couple years went by and I still had irregular periods. Even though uh, and I, I constricted my diet even more, I went low carb to address the insulin resistance. I was exercising a lot. I was hiking three to six miles every night. I was spending Mm. time outside. I was doing all the things that should help hormone imbalances. And a couple years went by and I still was struggling. Well, in 2016, I realized that I had been in an um, emotionally abusive relationship since I was Mm. 21 years old. And I realized that I was this was having an effect on my health and I knew that I had to get out. And so finally in 2018 I was able to disentangle myself from that situation and get out. And I jumped into a new relationship about, you know, 5 days later. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> it was a healthy relationship, a happy relationship, but I also I kind of went off the rails with my diet and was just drinking beer and eating grocery store pizza. No more organic food for <laughs> me who's supposed to be living the organic lifestyle because I was just in such a state of trauma from the breakup, but then excitement from being in the new relationship. But of course, all of the sudden, as soon as I got out of that abusive relationship, even though I wasn't living the perfect lifestyle, my hormones got so much better. My periods were totally regular, never had a missed period. The pain was so much more manageable, no more dizzy spells. And it made me realize just how much that chronic stress from being in trauma 
was affecting my hormones and affecting my body. And when I was 40, I took a blood test and just to check in on myself. And they said, well, if you want kids, you're going to need IVF. And even on IVF, you only only have a 20% chance of success. And I'm like, well, I've already let go of that idea of having kids. So it was like sad to hear, but it was also like, I've already made peace, peace with that a long time ago. And then a year later, I got pregnant. <laughs> Even though oh. I had, I was 41, I had PCOS, I had adenomyosis, and all of this history of you're never going to have kids, you're never going to have kids. Just getting out of that abusive relationship got my body into a state of fertility and got my hormones back into balance. And it made me realize just how much our emotions can affect our hormones. So that's why I'm I'm starting my podcast called The Life Detox. We're going Yay. to explore the emotions and the, the reasons behind our our hormone imbalances and things like PCOS and endometriosis. And stressors are stressors. They may be chemical stressors, they may be viral stressors or bacterial stressors, but or they can be emotional stressors. And these stressors are what cause hormone imbalances. And that's what my new podcast is going to be exploring. Oh my God. I have all the chills. I'm so excited for the new <laughs> podcast. And I just have the chills about your story because it's so true. And like I my my experience is different, but my path is similar in the fact that like I discovered the healing power of nutrition and I was like, food will heal me. And that's why this show is called Food Heals. But it's food heals and it's food heals and because if we don't deal with the emotional issues or the trauma or whatever it may be, or the relationships in our lives, we cannot fully heal. Even if we're eating, like, let's say we're meditating on a mountain in the sunshine every day, eating fruits and vegetables grown out of the ground. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you're in a bad relationship or you're not dealing with the trauma from your childhood and you're pushing it all down. We're not going to heal. We're not going to be healthy. And we have to. Healing is just like disease is multifactorial. Mm -hmm. Also healing is multifactorial. So I'm multifactorial. So I'm all about going to a functional medicine doctor, getting your hormones tested, getting those into balance, getting your food, uh, your food allergies and food sensitivities tested, getting those into balance, like figuring out the perfect diet for you. But we cannot discount the power of our emotions. And I've had people come on the show and say, here's how I healed my cancer. Yeah, I went raw. I went vegan. I did juice cleansing. I healed my physical body and I had to get a divorce because I was in the most toxic relationship mm -hmm. where I was being abused. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. And I don't, you get it. One wouldn't have occurred without the other. Maybe she would have gotten divorced but didn't do the food, wouldn't have healed. Maybe she would have done the food but not gotten divorced, wouldn't have healed. So we have to account for all of these things. Healing is multifactorial and that's what your story proves. And it gives me chills because it's my story too. I ignored the I ignored the the emotional part at first. I lost both of my parents to cancer. I was like, oh, food can either kill us or heal us. So I'm gonna eat the most healing food. So I'll never get cancer, right? Because mm -hmm. I thought it was poor diet. Well, it was, but it was also a lot of other things, right? Mm -hmm. So then I'm holding back my emotions and not dealing with my emotional issues. And so I'm not getting back, I'm getting a little bit better. Like I gave up dairy and I never had a pimple again. My acne cleared, but my emotions were still wreaking havoc on my body. And so I had to go on a healing journey of going, 
oh, you got to heal this trauma, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And sometimes living a healthy lifestyle can be more stressful. We get stressed out when we learn about the chemicals in personal care products or in our environment. And we learn that, okay, we need to eat organic. Do we need to avoid gluten? Do we need to avoid dairy? Do we need to avoid, avoid, avoid? And it can be so stressful trying to figure out this perfect lifestyle that then we stress ourselves more out and then we feel sicker because we're doing this to ourselves because we're so afraid. So anytime that you make changes to your diet or your personal care products, or anything in your life, you have to do it, not from a place of fear, but from a place of love and make sure, check in with yourself and make sure that you're doing this in a healing way and not in a punishing way, in a way that you're punishing your body, you're punishing yourself. Maybe you have a chronic condition like PCOS and you're like, I've got to you know, push this into submission and you know, punish myself by going on this really restrictive diet. And that can be so counterproductive and just make your chronic condition even worse by, by giving yourself that pressure. Yes, you're absolutely right. I totally agree. It's like if I decide I want to get healthy, but I re- I decide, well, going to the gym makes me healthy, but I hate going to the gym. And every day I go, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I'm not healing my body when I'm running on that treadmill, when I'm self in self-loathing. I have to go to the gym from a place of self-love. Mm-hmm. I have to take action steps to change my food, to change my workout routine, whatever it may be, from a place of self-love to leave that relationship right? Mm-hmm. Which is an act of self-love, um, whatever it might be. But I I totally agree with you. And then also to your point, it's like the worst thing that can happen to a perfectionist is they realize they got to change, but they take <laughs> that perfectionism with them. And then they go, well, I have to say no to everything. So let's say they say, I can never have gluten again. I can never have sugar again. That becomes, you're transferring the control to another mechanism. So like someone it's like an addiction to the control. So someone could transfer an addiction from one thing to a healthier addiction. You could get addicted to exercise, right? Well, that is not healthy. And so it's really figuring out balance. And I know balance is such a dumb buzzword, but that truly is what it is, what it is about is finding that balance and making sure that you're acting from a place of love and not a place of self-loathing or from a place of control. Was that part of your experience when you went through this? Absolutely. And when it comes to polycystic ovarian syndrome, because of Mm -hmm. the insulin resistance that we have, it's very difficult to lose weight. And many times we will gain weight. And when we go to the doctor and are uh, are diagnosed with PCOS many times, they will say, oh, you need to lose weight. But losing weight will not cure PCOS. It might help some of your metabolic parameters and it might help with inflammation, but it will not cure PCOS because Mm -hmm. I believe that the root cause of PCOS is trauma. If you're not treating your trauma, you're still going to have those stress hormones surging through your body and making you insulin resistant because the cortisol constantly streaming through your body, if you are in a constant state of fight or flight, cortisol says to your cells, hey, don't accept the glucose. Uh, We're going to need that glucose because we're going to need to run or fight. Mm -hmm. 
So we're going to need that glucose in our bloodstream. So if cortisol says to the cells, hey, when insulin comes around, ignore the insulin. Insulin is kind of the shuttle that helps the glucose get into the cells. So when you have cortisol all the time saying to your cells, hey, ignore the insulin, ignore the glucose, don't accept the glucose, we need the glucose to fight or run, then your cells over time become insulin resistant. And so women with PCOS have a hard time losing weight. We gain weight very easily because we constantly have glucose in our bloodstream because we are in a state of fight or flight and insulin resistance. And then that glucose ends up in the liver instead of being absorbed by our cells. And then the liver converts that to fat and then we gain weight. And so a lot of the conventional advice that we're given is to lose weight, but that can be really difficult. And if you have emotional trauma, if you have that toxic shame that is telling you, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I am too much, I'm taking up too much space, and then you're told to lose weight, and it's really, really difficult, and the only way that you can really lose weight is through severe restriction, you're reinforcing that toxic shame. You're reinforcing that thought that I am too much. I'm taking up too much space and I need to lose weight. And mm -hmm. then that stresses the body out even more. And then it makes it even more difficult to lose weight. And it throws your hormones off because it's all regulated in the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is sitting there saying, okay, what hormones should we pump out? And it's listening mm -hmm. to the brain. And if the brain is in a constant state of stress, the hypothalamus is going to say, well, right now is not a good time for reproduction because we are in survival mode. So it will shut down reproduction. And that's what it does with PCOS. It does not send the right signals to the pituitary to send the signals and to the ovaries to ovulate. And so that signaling is off and you have, you don't get an LH surge and the FSH and the LH levels are out of balance and then you just end up growing cysts on your ovaries and oh, i could go on and on about the, the chemistry of the cysts <laughs> the cysts create anti-malarian hormone which then deactivates amylase amylase is the enzyme that's that's responsible for converting testosterone into estrogen so if your amylase activity is lowered then you have an excess of testosterone and that is what polycystic ovarian syndrome is. And then you also are sending inflammatory signals to the uterus, and then the uterus is sending inflammatory signals all out. So you have all of this. You have excess androgens. You have the stress hormones going on. You have the insulin resistance, and you have inflammation. So when you are trying to heal PCOS, naturally, you have to look at all of those different angles and figure out, okay, how are we going to treat all of these things? And thank God you have the PCOS Thrive Guide for us, which we're going to put a link to in the show notes, and we'll tell you how you can download it, Food Heals Nation. But this is such good information, Stephanie. I would love if you could take us through some of the things that you would recommend people do right away. That's, you know, whether it's in your Thrive Guide or not, like what are some of the supplements we can take? What are the, some of the things that we can start doing if we are suffering from PCOS today? Yes. Yes. 
Okay, first and foremost, address your trauma. And look at your life and get out of ongoing trauma, whether it's a toxic spouse or family member or job. Whatever it is that you need to do first, address the emotions first because the supplements, the food will not work if you do not address the emotions first. Okay, so mm. step one is that. Okay, step Step two. one, get a divorce. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I did it. I don't know. <laughs> Worked for me. <laughs> it can heal a lot of things. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a drink of water here first. Oh, you're fine. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm joking because it was hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, yeah, it's easier said than done. Like limit, you go to your doctor and they say limit stress. And it's like, oh, okay, how do I do okay. that? <laughs> sure, Jan. No problem. <laughs> okay, so assuming that you have step one done, um, then you can look into supplements. Flax seeds is the number one thing that I say to try. It helped me so, so, so much in regulating my periods. And um, flax seeds, I say two, take two tablespoons a day. They contain a phytoestrogen called enterolactone, which will help block excess estrogen, and it will help um, clean out your estrogen receptors. Basically, there's still the research on this is still ongoing. They're still trying to figure out how it works, but there is a phytoestrogen called enterolactone, which helps to balance your hormones by kind of deactivating those xenoestrogens that might be interacting with your estrogen receptors. And it kind of helps to calm down the whole estrogen overactivity. Um, and then okay. also anti-inflammatory, they have the omega-3s and fiber, which is so important with PCOS is getting a lot of fiber in your diet. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, number two, inositol is a another supplement that really helped me. I was taking inositol to help with my premenstrual dysphoric disorder because I get that pretty bad, um, which is kind of like an um, extreme form of PMS, basically. And I think it was one of the things that really helped me to get uh, pregnant when I was 41 um, inositol. It is a type of sugar that helps your cells wake up and become more insulin sensitive so that your, mm-hmm. your cells can start to absorb glucose again. Okay. Another one is N-acetylcysteine, N-A-C. It is an antioxidant. If you are looking to get pregnant, definitely take N-A-C because it will help to protect your eggs from inflammation and free radical damage. And if you have a fetus, it will help to to protect the, the fetus and those cells that might be growing in your body. So if you're looking to get pregnant, take NAC for sure. I was taking it for my mental health again, but it helped me get pregnant and stay pregnant. Amazing. Um, DIM, which is a sulfur compound found in cruciferous vegetables. That could be another supplement to consider. That's one that is is if you've tried other things and they're not working, DIM is a little bit of a stronger one. So if you really need a kick in the pants to get your period going again, DIM is one to look for. But you can also get it just from eating cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower in your diet. Um, Vitex and chasteberry is another one that has studies behind it showing that it can help with PCOS. 
Um, cinnamon, I have an, a lovely cinnamon tea that I drink every night that helps with my blood sugar, helps with inflammation. And studies have found cinnamon to help balance blood sugar and reduce insulin resistance in PCOS. I love cinnamon. It's so good. And then, uh, yeah, there's a tea that Republic of Tea makes that's like cinnamon cardamom. Mm, it's the best. I drink it. I drink it so much after yeah, <laughs> at night and it's so like calming and relaxing and so good. And I do nice. add stevia to it. Um, stevia can be an important, um, an Im- important supplement to take just as like a natural sweetener to replace some of that sugar. And it does have antioxidant properties. There have been some internet rumors going around about stevia talking about how it can be an endocrine disruptor, but that actually wasn't proven. There was one study that came out and said because of its chemical structure, stevia should be looked at for being a potential uh, endocrine disruptor, but they never act- mm-hmm. there was no evidence of that. And the actual studies show that stevia is an antioxidant and does disrupt chemicals, but in a good way. It has it has been shown to help reduce the inflammation and to help fix those hormonal pathways in women with PCOS, and can work as well as the drug metformin in helping regulate blood sugar. Amazing. Um, black cumin seed is another anti-inflammatory supplement. You can take it either as a powder, whole seed, or an extract. It's unknown which form is the best, but they all have their benefits of so black cumin seed. Okay. And turmeric, we hear about that a lot. That does have a lot of anti-inflammatory effects. And you don't have to do all of these all at the same time. I would say if you're trying to get your period back or to you know balance your hormones, start with the flax seeds, inositol, and NAC. Those would be my three to focus on and then build from there depending on you know how things are going after a couple of months. And the flax seeds are great because they're so easy to incorporate into your already healthy diet because – You can put them like I put them in a smoothie and they kind of give it like that nutty taste, which is nice. I like that. I like um, peanut butter, almond butter. I like flax seeds. I like all of that type of flavor. You can also put them on top of salads. You've seen them on top of your salads, right? You can put them in all these things so you don't even have to think about, oh, another supplement I have to take like a pill. No, you just sprinkle it into your already daily routine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and one note, um, if you are on birth control – these mm-hmm. these supplements may interfere with your birth control. So um, that's something that you might want to talk to your doctor about. The whole idea of healing your PCOS naturally is to get yourself ovulating again and get yourself ovulating regularly. So mm-hmm. if you want to know whether you're healing your PCOS or not, you probably will not want to be on a hormonal birth control because you want that signal. You want to know if you're successful in reducing the inflammation and all of those pathways by ovulating on a regular basis. So that's something to consider. You don't want to do these things to get you ovulating if you're trying to avoid getting pregnant. So makes just total a note. sense. Okay. Yeah, no, very good note. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to diet. Of course, like I said, we can't be too restrictive in this, but there are some general principles when you have PCOS and you have insulin resistance that you want to follow. And one is getting vegetables at every meal, even breakfast. Mm -hmm. 
because they are so important to get all those fiber and the phytonutrients. And you don't want to eat a naked carbohydrate, just like a piece of bread, especially a piece of white bread on its own is going to spike your blood sugar and Mm -hmm. you're going to have that big spike and that big drop and you're going to be tired. And usually what you eat in the morning will set the tone for your blood sugar control for the rest of your day. So you want to start something out with uh, protein and fat and fiber and you can still eat carbs. You don't have to restrict your carbs, but just make sure that you're getting those other macronutrients with the carbs. So vegetables at every meal, high fiber, getting a lot of, and not just fiber supplements, actually eating the fruits and the vegetables that are high in fiber, because that will also help to cleanse your liver out. You want all of those anti-inflammatory compounds from the fruits and the vegetables and and it will also help with your blood sugar control. And when it comes to diet, I say eat for your blood sugar control, eat for your antioxidant status, but do not eat with the intention of losing weight. I say no matter what weight you are at, forget about that and eat for your health, eat for, like I said, your blood sugar control and your antioxidant status, but do not eat with the intention of losing weight because again, that can have negative mental consequences of reinforcing those, that trauma and reinforcing that that toxic shame of I am not enough, I'm too much, and I need to reduce my needs. So mm. you don't want to have any kind of unhealthy viewpoint of of what you're eating because no matter what we say, no matter what we do, food is an emotional thing. We have so many cultural components around food, and it is a basic need. So don't deny yourself of a basic need. Just treat your body well and treat your body with love through your diet. I hope that makes sense. It, it makes sense to me. And I hope I think it makes sense to Food Heals Nation too, because we're all on this healing journey together and eating things that are a perfect food, like fruits and vegetables are a perfect food from the ground. Like you can't overdose on them. Like you don't need to calorie restrict your vegetables. Like I'm with you. And so when you eat whole foods, when you eat a lot of plants, when you put a lot of colors on your plate, you're going to thrive and you're not going to feel the need because you're nutritionally satisfied. You're not going to feel the need to turn to other foods and you're not going to feel the need to restrict. So you'll be like, oh, I'm full. I've had enough. I've had sufficient. I've had enough nutrition. I feel good. When you're eating good quality foods, it helps with cravings. It helps with stopping the restriction, whether it's restrictive dieting or something else. It helps you just balance all of that. So we're with you. Absolutely. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And sometimes these really restrictive diets can stress your body out more. And the last thing that we need is more cortisol flowing through right. our body when we are in a state of imbalance with our hormones. So yeah, just do it with just such a loving and caring way. Feed yourself as a loving parent would feed you, is what I say. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And so in the guide, you teach us the supplements, you teach us um, some proper foods to eat, you talk about environmental toxins and things to avoid, right? And then of course, the emotional component. So we're going to provide all of that for Food Heals Nation listeners so they can really take their health back into their own hands if they're suffering from something like PCOS. But what I want to make sure that we absolutely talk about is 
I want to know more about Bubble and Bee and what I need to purchase right now. (laughs) Sure. Well, one of the things that we are most known for is our deodorants. We do have the the world's largest selection of certified organic deodorants. Really? Yes. And we have so many different forms. We have creams. We have sensitive creams. We have two different kinds of sticks and we have sprays. So you can find the one that works for your body chemistry. A lot of companies will formulate with harsh ingredients that will work well against odor, but then maybe wreck your skin or um, or be toxic to the body, of course. So I formulate everything myself and I formulate holistically. I look at essential oils and how they will affect certain bacteria that live on the skin. And we all have different bacteria on our skin and different compounds in our sweat that feed the bacteria that then cause the odor. So I formulate holistically and look at these essential oils and what will work against particular strains of bacteria. So you can't, so we have lots and lots of options so that you can find the one that works for you. And oh my gosh, we have so many different products. We have over 175 different SKUs. We have shampoos, salt scrubs, body butters, lip balms, facial care products. Oh my goodness, a lot. (laughs) I know I'm on the website right now. So, okay. I think deodorant is really an important one because people don't realize how bad it is to put something in those really sensitive areas that is full of chemicals. And so we know that we need to avoid a lot of these chemicals. Like I know one of the number one offenders is like sodium benzoate, right? Um, Mm -hmm. There's like benzene, right? There's all these like, like, um, chemical, and there's all these names for these chemicals that sometimes they change. So you're like, oh, it's this free, but it's also, but it's actually got this to replace it. And so some of those, we don't even know what they are. And so I know at Bubble and Bee, you don't have any of those. What are some ingredients that we can be looking at when it comes to our products? Like you've got products that have rosehip and vitamin E, right? You have pineapple enzymes. You've got tea tree oils. Like, Tell me what are some good ingredients to look for in our products. Mm, I really do love rosehip seed oil because it has a lot of natural forms of vitamin A and retinoic acid and in beta carotene. And we use that in our face cream and we do have a face wash with the rosehip seed oil as well. It's just full of phytonutrients. I use shea butter a lot um, because it Mm -hmm. is so emollient and beeswax and cocoa butter. We do have a lot of vegan products and we we have like the name bubble and bee comes from we have stuff from with beeswax or we have things that bubble. So we do have a lot of vegan products just for vegans listening. And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And so let's see what other herbs and oil. I really do love peppermint essential oil. We use that in Mm -hmm. a lot. It's a really popular one. And Cucumber extract in our cool cucumber facial cleanser is really soothing and and it smells good too. But Ooh. we do have – I do love all of the different scents that we use. I think my, our lilac scent is our best. We have a certified organic lilac scent that is just, just amazing and so true to nature without any synthetic fragrances or you know chemicals like that. I love that. And talk to me about toothpaste. I know I think that fluoride is a racket, just like milk does a body good is a racket. Like 
tell me about your toothpaste and why is it alkalizing? Why is that important? Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's a good question. That is a newer product for us. I spent 10 years researching and developing this toothpaste. Alkalinity is so important because the bacteria that create cavities in our teeth will create, they create cavities by producing acid. And if you have that bacteria in a crevice of your tooth eating carbohydrates and producing acid, that's how you get a cavity because that acid is just always being created by that bacteria. So when you have a environment of alkalinity as opposed to acidity in the mouth, that bacteria can't thrive and mm -hmm. your mouth has the ability to then remineralize itself. Our calcium and our phosphorus in our saliva will actually remineralize our teeth. And so when your mouth is in an alkaline state, our calcium and phosphorus in our saliva have that opportunity to remineralize our teeth. So keeping your mouth in an alkaline state is so important. I could not agree more. I want to do an entire teeth episode because it's so important. And yes, I'm all about the remineralization of the teeth. So I'm definitely going to check out your toothpaste. And I love that it's alkalizing. And it's the same with your mouth, with your body in an alkaline environment. Disease cannot thrive, therefore it has to die. So the more oxygenated and alkalized we can keep our mouths and our bodies, the healthier that we are going to be. So tell me about, I got another one to ask you about. I love soap nuts. And I just found that you have organic soap nuts. What are soap nuts and what can they be used for? Oh my gosh, so many different things. So soap nuts are a dried shell. They're not a nut at all. They're a dried shell of a berry. And it is something that grows a lot in India and originally was used in India. But they have a compound called saponins. And these saponins are released from this dried shell of this berry, and they will clean. And you can use it for laundry. You just put a little handful of these soap nut shells into a little muslin bag and throw it into your laundry, and it will actually clean your laundry. Or you can make a tea out of it and use that for hand cleaning, use it for shampoo, a jewelry cleaning, general cleaning. It will actually lather up just like a soap. And it's just something that's the most natural thing that you can use for cleaning. Yeah. And I've always found that whenever I've bought soap nuts, they last so much longer than anything else that you can buy. So it's a good deal. for It's good for the wallet too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It can be a really great value. Okay. So talk to me about the lotions. You've got your organic lotions, which are USDA certified organic, yay, and they're gluten-free. They are vegetarian or vegan. So um, I love lotion, but I know because I love to lather up. I always get dry in the winter. I love to lather up, but I know that anything I put on my skin goes directly into my bloodstream. So I want to be very careful when it comes to the ingredients in my lotion. So what are some of the ingredients that really nourish our bodies that are in your lotions? And what are some things we should not allow in our lotions if we're shopping elsewhere? I would say the number one ingredient to avoid in lotion is water. That's because if you have a water-based product, first of all, it's going to be about 80% water. And I say mm -hmm. why pay for water when you don't need to. 
Um, and if there is water present, then you also need a preservative to keep it from growing bacteria. And you also end up needing things like emulsifiers. So a bottle of lotion is really only going to be, you know, 15% moisture or, you know, emollients. So that's what's unique about our lotions is that they don't contain any water. So you don't have to use a whole lot of them. A little bit is going to go a long way. We have lotion sticks. That is a beeswax based product. If you use beeswax, they're great for hands or really dry spots. I really can't live, my hands can't live without them in the winter, especially. And, and then we have our body butters and they, they are vegan formula. They are shea butter and jojoba oil and some of them have macadamia nut oil and just all of these different nourishing oils that will hold the moisture into your skin and you can use them in the shower seal in that hydration with the emollients from the body butter and they just a little bit goes a long way and they smell so good we also do have unscented a lot of people like unscented things but we have so many delicious scents but I love to use myself. Oh my gosh. Well, you have my favorite scent of all time, which is orange and vanilla. So, (laughs) oh my gosh, I definitely have to try that one. And the only thing that makes some of the products non-vegan is bees, correct? I know you don't do any animal testing or anything like that. No. No, yes. The only only non-vegan ingredients that we use are either beeswax or honey. And both of them are certified organic and there are certain conditions that the beehives have to be under away from pesticides and everything. Um, And the the hives are not cold, as they say, at the end of the season. (laughs) Okay, great. No, I appreciate that. That's what I'm here to learn. Um, So I'm definitely going to check out this orange and vanilla body butter. Let's see. We went through deodorant, but what I didn't ask you about was pit putty sticks and pit putty creams. What does the putty mean? Yes. Well, that was one of our first formulas that we came out with. And it is a combination of arrowroot powder and coconut oil. And it actually has a putty-like consistency. So I went, you know, why don't we just call it what it is? It's a pit putty. (laughs) And (laughs) it's really beneficial if you have underarm rashes. The pit putty is one of the recommendations that I usually give to people who have underarm rashes because you really need something to absorb the perspiration. Most underarm rashes are caused by friction or by a buildup of perspiration in the underarm or both. So keeping your perspiration under control when using a natural deodorant is really important if you are rash prone. And pit putty is mostly powder, so you can apply it anytime that you experience wetness and it'll absorb it. It'll dry it up right on contact and keep your skin happy. So we have the the pit putty sticks and we have pit putty creams. And then we also have our sensitive deodorant creams that have a little bit of zinc oxide in it. If you need something that's a little anti-inflammatory, that's what I recommend using. Amazing. So all of these and more are at bubbleandbee.com. And you can search all of the things we're talking about. It's really easy to find on your website. And so Stephanie, I would love you to leave us with some inspiration. Obviously you have been through so much. You have an incredible story. You were told at the ages of, I think it was 25 and 34, have a baby now or you never will. And then you became a first time mom at 42. And that's because you realize the body can heal itself when given the tools that it needs to do so. You healed yourself. You had your, your baby. Tell me about 
your inspiration or your wisdom or your advice that you want to impart on Food Heals Nation if they're dealing with anything like PCOS or an autoimmune condition or they know they need to detox, they're not sure where to start, what is your final parting words of advice that they can do this too? Absolutely. Well, you know, if I wanted to sell more products, I'd say avoid chemicals. But in reality, you need to heal your trauma first. You need to heal your emotions. You need to get out of the abusive relationship, get out of the abusive job, get away from abusive people and heal your past trauma and love yourself and then look at changing your lifestyle and detoxing your life in a very loving, calm, and beautiful healing way. Thank you. I totally agree. And um, all of these things, like we said earlier, are multifactorial, but you got this. If you're listening to this, you're like, oh, it's so much. Nope. You got this one step at a time. So again, everything Stephanie has for you is at bubbleandbee.com. You've also got your Instagram, bubbleandbee.com. And I heard you might be starting a podcast. Can we hear about that? Yes. Um, we're on Instagram at Life Detox Podcast, and that's going to be launching in April. I'm hoping. I'm still getting a few episodes recorded, but I'm so, so excited about it. We're going to be talking about PCOS and emotions and new technologies and oh, just so, so much. I'm so excited about it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited too. Obviously, I'm a podcast host, but I'm also a religious podcast listener. I play podcasts whenever I'm doing anything, driving, working out, doing dishes, cleaning my house, shopping, whatever it might be. I've got my headphones in and I'm listening to a podcast. So that's definitely one to check out. Um, Okay. Well, thank you, Stephanie, so much. Is there anything else I haven't covered that you want to make sure I covered? Bubbleandbee.com, Food Heals Nation. It is a great website. I'm about, I just put like five things in my shopping cart since we've been talking. But Stephanie, anything else I left out that you want to make sure that Food Heals Nation knows? No, not that I can think of. I think we've covered it all. Amazing. Well, thank you, Stephanie, so much for being here. I am certainly your new number one super fan, and I bet Food Heals Nation is too. Oh, thank you so much. All right, Food Heals Nation, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Stephanie. You can support the show Food Heals when purchasing Bubble and Bee products by going to foodhealsnation.com slash bubble. That is my affiliate link. So when you purchase from that link, you help support my personal green juice habit. So I appreciate you so much for that. You heard me do an unboxing at the beginning. Well, now I've gotten my hands dirty and I've gotten to try all of the lotions. I've gotten to test all of the deodorants. And I am so happy to report that everything smells heavenly. The lotions are so luscious. The pit putties and deodorants work so well. Oh my gosh. The chapsticks got my lips all soft. Like this is my jam. I love Bubble and Bee. I am so grateful to have met Stephanie and I hope you guys try it too. Again, it's all over at foodhealsnation.com slash bubble. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. 